0: Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. Chris Adams and Adam Lane, the RVA Returners, are Crashing Game Night tonight as our guests. I welcome in my co-host, as always, Gerard Barrera. Theo's off tonight. How are you guys doing tonight, fellas? Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty oh.
1: good. Hello, my fellow gamers, comic book readers, and fellow nerds. Thank you guys for joining us to our in our uh, Crashing Game Night podcast. Thank you.
0: Well, I definitely want to say thank you to uh, Chris and Adam for joining us tonight. I know it's a... Uh, we got a busy time coming up here, especially in RVA, uh, with some big tournaments coming up here. Uh, you guys got your podcast, the website, and stuff, which we'll talk about that here in a minute. My my first thoughts though tonight, though, are to go out to those that were laid off with Activision Blizzard's uh, layoff today. Um, they laid off 8% of their workforce, which is about uh, 775 people. Uh, this is coming after they had a record year. Now, a lot of that is in the non-development areas, like publishing. Um, I think that maybe uh, losing Bungie might have had a little bit of effect on this. Um, they are going to get severance package, continued benefits, um, career placement assistance. Um, those on the Blizzard side are going to get two times their yearly bonus. Um, I know, Adam, you've, you've got some acquaintances on that side. How are they kind of holding up with that, to, that, uh, that news?
2: I mean, I've seen some stuff on Twitter um nobody's really happy about it <laughs> um but yeah i mean most people are kind of moving forward which i think is probably the best thing to do it, it sucks and it's not a great situation and it really sucks that like even though they had like a positive year that they're still doing this mm-hmm. but i mean maybe we just don't know all the details i don't know
0: yeah and I, I bet you we won't see all those details but you know with a lot of these game companies out there ramping up new games and everything i, I have a feeling they're going to land on their feet um there's been a lot of these studios that have been doing these layoffs that have been landing, you know, pretty quickly. I know uh, some people landed with Gorilla. You know, Sony's hiring for a lot of games, especially uh, Santa Monica Studios, uh, home of God of War. They're ramping up for a new game, which we can only assume is God of War Two.
1: Um, and especially with the uh, with the formation of the uh, PS Five, I'm sure they they need a lot of people as well. Oh yeah. So. You know, let's
0: we're going to be talking about, you know, guys, something that's not a console game for our podcast tonight. We're actually going to be, you know, going to that game night area. And as I sit here, uh, Chris and Adam with my uh, Final Fantasy seven uh, pint glass here, um, you know, what got you guys together? You know, Chris, you have that magic, the gathering background. Adam, you guys, you have that fighting game background. So what brought
2: you guys together? so i'll uh, yep. start first i guess so oh, we've known right, each right. other for a while actually uh even before uh i mean chris might have been playing magic when we met but uh oh, i wasn't yeah so yeah okay so <laughs> even before chris was playing magic uh we, we were playing this game called versus system it's an old card game based on like the marvel and dc ips uh so you know you're playing like spider-man batman all that stuff on cards oh, uh, wow.
1: and, nice. and the game
2: the game's really good actually it's it's a pretty hard intricate game um very different from magic and final fantasy for sure. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's probably been like how, how long, Chris, probably like 13, 14 years.
3: Oh, man, <laughs> probably since 2000. I mean, doing the math here, probably closer to 15 truth be told, if I, I, couldn't, to, if I to put yeah, a number on
2: it. I couldn't drive when I met Chris. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> been I, a I
3: Kidnapped his brother. That, that's a story we can share if that's what if y'all want to hear that you <laughs> his brother
2: okay I, I gotta hear this so yeah so i guess i would have probably been like 16 or 17 we were playing versus at the time my brother also played back then which would put my brother at around 13 or 14 uh my brother it, it might have been yeah i mean he my brother's pretty terrible about telling people where he goes <laughs> At least back then, too. Um, so, yeah, he didn't tell anyone that he was going with Chris to a tournament in Raleigh, North Carolina. or He might have been Charlotte. I don't even remember. Oh, wow. He was Charlotte.
1: Oh. <laughs> and,
2: uh, yeah, so he just, like, disappeared, and my mom is uh, very, was very hysterical. Uh, she did, didn't know where my your son was, right? So she's not very happy. I didn't know where he went. He didn't tell me. Uh, also, he sold my cards while he was down there, which was pretty terrible. Oh. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, then uh, yeah, he comes back, and you know, of course, my parents are upset at Chris, and I had to like calm him down, like Chris didn't do anything wrong, you know. My brother didn't tell, him. so technically, yeah, Chris legally kidnapped my my
3: younger brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we crossed state lines like some kind of cartoon bandit. It was awful. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, what got you
0: guys transitioned into doing Final Fantasy trading card game? Well, all
3: right, so well, it was it was kind of funny, right? Um, you know, when we, when we stopped playing versus, um, we hadn't, we hadn't talked in a while, like maybe like outside of like Facebook here and there. Um, cause I had moved away. I had moved back, you know, moved away again, moved back. And, you know, we had started, I had started playing street fighter four, um, Adam was playing and then, you know, he, I plugged him into the community and then he got more involved in it than I did. Then I stopped playing fighting games and, while he was playing fighting games, him and our other buddy, Matt Jordan had picked up this game. Now he can tell you more of the details about, you know, picking it up and all the early Opus one issues and things like that. But there was a pre-release for the fourth set Opus four at battlegrounds. And I had nothing to do that day. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll come play in a pre-release, whatever. And like, I had literally learned how to play the game that day. Like, they let me borrow a mono-earth deck, and I was like, all right, give me a Crash Course, show me how to play the game. Mm-hmm. Ended up top fouring the pre-release, and that's when I found oh, out, nice. like, because that, that was the set that introduced Final Fantasy VI characters, which is my favorite Final Fantasy of all time. And it yes. turns <laughs> out the game is just really good, and I, I was hooked ever since. Nice. What about you, Adam? What got you
0: really into it? Especially I mean, being in the fighting game background.
2: Yeah, well, so I'm just, like, a pretty big gamer in general, to be honest. But, yeah, so fighting games kind of changed my perspective on games as a whole because once I started taking them competitively, now I, the way I see games is way different now. It's kind of crazy because because I'm so competitive with them that now, like, whenever I play a game, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to, like, look at it in that competitive light. Uh, but I've always been, like, a really huge Final Fantasy fan, probably to a fault. I've played all of them pretty much, even the bad ones. Um and I say like, the, the bad, bad. yeah, like the <laughs> side games and stuff. I've played those yeah. too. Um, but yeah, so like as soon as I saw that they were coming out with a card game, I was like, I don't want to get back into card games. Because the whole reason that I transitioned from card games to fighting games was because I don't have to spend money. I just spend $60 on the game. I maybe buy $20 in DLC and then I mm-hmm. can play to, in tournaments. All I got to do is travel. And mm-hmm. with card games, it's like every time a set comes out, you're spending like two, three hundred dollars to get the cards that you need to make the new decks. And you don't even know what's good yet, you know, so you have to like test and that takes a lot of time and then you have to have people to play with. And then obviously you want to play with people live because that takes, that's like a lot of the fun. You don't want to like play over Skype. That kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So so, it's a true commitment.
2: Yeah. So it's definitely a lot more time, but like it it was Final Fantasy. So I'm like, all right, worst case, I'll play it casually. Right. But I should have known, I should know myself. And as soon as I buy into something like that's just not going to happen. Uh, so yeah, like he said, me and my friend, Matt Jordan, we saw the first set was coming out. I pre-ordered really early. He pre-ordered shortly after me. Uh, the first two sets though, had a really bad shortage. Um, it was really hard to get cards at all. People were ordering from like Europe to get like packs. Uh, and so like the first two sets, like, unless you had pre-ordered pretty early on, you didn't even get your cards on time. Like I got mine on time. Cause I was like, some, one of the first peoples to pre-order, But Matt, who pre-ordered like a month after me, actually didn't get his cards for like another four months. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it really sucked. We couldn't really play or make decks because we didn't have enough cards to make the decks. And so luckily we found like an online source called Octagon, which still exists and people play on it, uh, where you can play it digitally. You don't have to own the cards. And so we'd play through there and practice and like pick up on good decks. And then the second set came out and had similar issues. So I gave up. I was like, I can't, I can't play the game if I can't get the cards. And so I actually stopped playing. Um, you know, just put my cards and my binders away. I was like, maybe I'll come back to it at some point and figured the game was probably just going to die. Uh, and then I remember seeing on Facebook that there was a pre-release in Richmond for Opus 4, the same event that Chris was talking about. And I had mentioned the game to Chris prior, and he seemed interested. So I was like, hey, do you want to go to this? I'm like, let's just go see what happens. And then, yeah, it was like all downhill from there pretty much.
1: <laughs>
0: hmm so what made you guys start the website and the podcast
3: so the reason we started this up is because you know we, we live in the age where when you're in a community or you're, you're interested in something you typically have resources at your fingertips you can go to youtube and find something uh, tutorials deck ideas whatever for most card games well there really wasn't any of that and you know as we were playing the game, we kind of discovered we were pretty good at it. And so we just kind of, for fun, were like, Hey man, do you want to just like, we thought about just like doing a podcast, doing like YouTube content. And it was me, Adam and his brother, Drew, um, initially. <clears throat> and we just started doing this for fun and we, we didn't care if it took off or not. Cause we ultimately, we wanted people to have the resources we didn't have, and the game's really good. Like I keep saying, so for for people now, they can you know, and it, it's weird. It's so weird not to be jumping ahead here, but when new players get into the game, when our podcast is like the first resource out of people's mouth for people, it, it's such a weird feeling because we we did it. I, I guess it I, it worked as intended because we did it, so people wouldn't have to go through what we had to. But it's, it, it, I don't know. It's just been kind of a roller coaster, man. It's been really wild to think, be that, like that nerd famous. It's weird.
1: <laughs> that's what's awesome about YouTube and, and everything that we're that's uh, that we can use to to help others. Uh, you guys noticed a need for it. And mm-hmm. now you guys are considered the re- one of the first resources uh, mm-hmm. for research. And that's yeah. When you notice something like that, that's awesome. Well, the fact that you guys are known
0: now yeah. throughout the community, both, you know, yeah. coast to coast, over in Europe, you know, you get some of the guys coming on to the podcast and stuff. Um, you know, I think much deservedly, you guys did deserve the award. That yeah. You guys got. I,
2: I would say the weirdest moment, and maybe Chris could back me up. this, he might feel the same, was when we were in Kansas last year. So weird. Um, and, like, we had probably been doing the podcast for, like, three months at that point, maybe maybe four months. Yep. And it, it was, like, you know, kind – like, we knew, it, like, people were listening. Like, we were watching the numbers. We we weren't really doing a ton of YouTube stuff then. It was really just the podcast. And when we had people, like, recognizing us by voice and, like, coming up and, like, like wanting to meet us, like, it was a weird feeling.
3: Like, really weird. <laughs> we met one of the um, – he's part of the Choker Bros and probably one of the better players in the community, our, our good buddy Cody Snodgrass. We were, we were sitting there, like, filling out our deck registration sheets, and he comes up and whispers in my ear and says – where's top eight Johnny. And <laughs> at that moment, like at that moment, cause um, it's funny, like all, all these personas and all these nicknames we've, we've nicknames we've give, given to people. We're just kind of developed like off the cuff by either like myself, Adam or, or drew. And uh, he drew just started calling Johnny, which who, you know, very well, Matt just started mm-hmm. calling him top eight Johnny. And that's just people like Johnny hasn't traveled outside of Virginia. But I promise you, if he went to an event with us, everyone would immediately know who he is as Top Eight Johnny, just straight
1: up. (laughs) That's That's awesome. The
3: stories we've told about him.
0: (laughs) And I think that's the one thing about our community. You've got, you know, you also have um, Curtis and and company doing the Mm -hmm. Fredericksburg uh, podcast as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, it's been a little while since they've recorded and got, you know, that new episode. We were kind of talking about that. But, you know, it, it's nice having that community. We've got pretty much all of this area mm-hmm. on a podcast, you know, one yep. way or another. Yeah, um,
2: I absolutely. mean, honestly, we have Curtis and them to thank a little bit for our success, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when we first started playing in Richmond, it was literally like four of us. And mm-hmm. like lo- locals were, weren't really firing. Uh, like we'd play with like each other, um, but like Battleground stuff stuff. So, some we were they were i think it was sundays at the time they were doing weeklies Mm -hmm. and like a lot of people weren't showing up and so we would just go to fredericksburg to play in their weeklies up there and that's when we started like meeting curtis and who who we had we had met them all at the pre-release but Mm -hmm. uh yeah so we started like traveling up there weekly and then they kind of got us started and told us how they had like kind of made their scene thrive up there and so we kind of took some of that and brought it back to richmond and now i mean we have a pretty decent scene too so Mm -hmm.
1: How large would you would you say the uh, uh, the scene is now for you guys so, compared I mean, to when you first started? Oh,
2: well, a lot bigger. I mean, Final Fantasy is a relatively small card game compared to, like, Magic, per se. but um, It's
1: still relatively new. It's still growing, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think this is their third year,
1: mm-hmm. they go, like, yeah. going
2: on their third year. That's um, still very fresh. Yeah, it's <laughs> frustrating that you still hear people like, oh, Final Fantasy is a card game. Like, that's a thing we hear all the time, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, And
0: it it doesn't hurt, you know, or doesn't help when we're in the uh, hot bed of magic, you know, with Star City Games three hours from us, four hours from us, you know, so all the big tournaments are out here. So, um, you know, you go to like when I jacks, you know, we're trying to get that fired up, but there's always that store is packed with magic players. So we're kind of shuffled off to the corner um, and our little thing. But jerry you, you ask about how big things are out here now um so adam and chris why why don't you talk about what um our our local store battlegrounds has gotten not only for uh next weekend uh, the weekend of the uh, 23rd but here in a couple months Yeah.
3: so there's the the major tournaments that are take place in this game at least here in the united states um they, last year they all this whole circuit kind of started they had what were called petite cups which were I don't like I don't want to use the term regional but they kind of were but they were more of a more of like a, a competitive bone thrown to the United States from the mothership essentially and okay. they, they they were they were pretty successful. Um, when I say successful they were anywhere between like 20 to 30 people which at the time that's pretty solid. And then they gave – then they started uh, – they announced they would do what were essentially like the major events here, and those were called Crystal Cups. Those – like the first one that we went to up in Boston, which was the first one in North America, had about 91 players, which was at the time unprecedented in this game, outside of like the Nationals the year before, which literally you could have just walked in. If you had if you had legs and a face, you could go to this thing. So,
1: <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay.
3: So – the fact that, you know, the, these events really started picking up steam. like The competitive scene really started kicking off after they started doing this for us. And I told you all that to tell you this. This year, Richmond actually got a petite cup and a crystal cup. We we, we got the double dip. We got the chocolate and the peanut butter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's huge. That is huge because there's only, what, Adam, there's, what, seven of these six, in the country? Six, only,
2: only six crystal cups.
1: Yeah. So. oh, wow. Nice. So congratulations for you guys. That's awesome. Oh, thanks,
3: man. Yeah, it's Ooh. it's
0: big. And Adam, you were saying we are what right there, approximately 75
2: for next Saturday <laughs> around there. Yeah, like I, I, I think like once we open the doors and people start walking in, we'll probably be somewhere in like the 90 area. Maybe mm-hmm. we break 100. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, but that's just for the petite cup. So the, the Crystal Cup, people are going to fly from all over the country. So we're probably going to easily uh-huh. break 100 for that
3: yeah i think that one breaks 100 pretty clean mm-hmm.
2: so. that one might yeah. cap for sure
3: and the nice thing is about some of
0: these tournaments that we do uh our petit cup um we got some pretty nice prizes that uh, battlegrounds is putting up um you know for us being uh, the playstation fans that we are they're mm-hmm. going to have a playstation 4 slim as one of the prizes for the winner oh nice yep
3: and then I, believe a, I believe a copy of Final Fantasy 15 with it as well. Correct. Oh, so, sweet.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, and, so it, no, go
3: ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, so, I was going to say, so, I mean,
0: that's it's really nice. I mean, because that's not something they really had to go out and do to have something that big of a prize.
3: Um, well, and, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that was actually what I was leading, uh, leading in to say. Um, a lot of the community building we did um, with our own, with our Soldier Series events and our local events Every prize that has come out of those, I've paid for out of my pocket. Um, yep. Like with any sort of figurine or bust or any kind of anything that's special, either, you know, like I said, I've paid for it out of pocket, or it was stuff that I won in a tournament. And I was like, you know what? I've got a, a dozen of these tote bags and playmats from these events. You know what? Let's give these out to the community because if they, you know, because they haven't had a chance to travel and get their hands on any of this stuff. So it was just sitting around collecting dust. So I was just be like, "Here, let's go ahead and throw this in the pot. Let's go ahead and do this. Here's a stack of foils. Here's this." And then, you know, it, and the fact that Battlegrounds has kind of seen what we've done with the community, and now they're 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 almost matching our pace at that point. So mm-hmm. for them to do the PlayStation, and you know, we're already talking about the prizes for the Crystal Cup when that comes up. So there's 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 a lot of good that's come out of just you know, giving for the sake of giving, if that makes sense.
0: Well, yeah, and when you talk about the this giving for the sake of giving, too, is, you know, for December, we had our toy drive um, mm-hmm. from one of our tournaments that went for the Richmond Area Toys for Tots. Um, mm-hmm. When you saw the pictures of all those tournaments throughout the country, it looked like we were the only ones that even did a charity.
3: Because <laughs> we, we were. Because we were. Turns out.
0: You know, and and I definitely got to give you guys props for when I, you know, came to you guys and said, hey, why don't we do a toy drive? And you guys were immediately like, let's go. You know, we didn't Mm -hmm. even bat an eye. We even had that weekend. There was some magic event, kind of a little small thing going on. And they were even kind of going, what are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And for a community the size of magic, it kind of made me feel a little sad with how many players I know were in the area that they didn't do something like this.
3: Mm hmm. Well, a cool thing too, right? You know, when you, when you think about what we did there and you just think about final fantasy in general, it kind of goes hand in hand. Like it's always about being, you know, this warrior of light, this consummate source of good and what's right. So it, to me, it just felt like it made sense. And just for us doing that for people who are less fortunate during the time of year where it's, you know, that's, you, you, you really want to see people be happy. Um, it, it, it just, and that kind of speaks volumes to the community because we all do have this common denominator where these games kind of teach you that sense of right and wrong and what it means to, to be bigger than yourself. And that's ultimately what we try to do with this community and our podcast and just our channel in general. Yeah. And one of the
0: great things too is our community and you guys in general too. I mean, especially, I mean, my introduction to the game was, you know, at E3, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and Jerry and Theo, I come walking up to them like a big nerd that I was because I just got the uh, Final Fantasy X Playmat. I got the Vivi sleeves. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know they had a card game to begin with. Um, <laughs> he
3: said it. He said
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> said unfortunately, we you know? we all were like, oh, there's a card game. Like, oh, <laughs> exactly. see, you should. Yeah, and have fun, bro. You know. So funny. A funny please.
2: story about that E3. Actually, uh, there was like a thing on Twitch. I think it was like the Twitch like main E3 channel, and they were like talking about like rumors and like what they thought people were going to announce. And they were like, I think square is going to announce a card game for final fantasy. It had already been out for like a year and a half.
1: Yeah. Oh, had this,
0: that's, <laughs> had oh, this, that's
1: unfortunate.
0: Yeah. They so. had the square booth. They had tables set up so people could play it with like some pre constructed decks. I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I bought the playmat just cause I'm a huge final fantasy fan. And 10 is one of my favorite games in this, you know, out of the franchise, you know, 13 being my favorite. Um, and i wanted the the vv sleeves for my magic tokens for my decks <laughs> um you know and i i moved to you know i had just moved to richmond um i was trying to find you know the magic scene so um i didn't you know battleground seemed like a little too far away from where i am at up in you know northern richmond um so i said hey let's go down to one eye jacks my first time there playing it was like the the community was they weren't the nicest because they were they were all about, you know, we're just going to play these $500 decks on a Friday night magic, pound you into the ground, make you feel bad because your deck isn't as good. So oh. during a break, I walk over, here's Austin and I think it was Ron at the time playing you know, I think it was Thursday night that we did this and it was like I asked Austin, I was like, "Hey, how is this game compared to magic to learn? And they stopped mid game and started just talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what speaks volumes to our, especially our group too, is, is that we have a lot of newer faces that are coming out, some older faces that are coming back to the game. And yeah, we may, our decks may beat them, but at the same time, the second we're done with that round, we're talking to them about their deck. Hey, what questions do you have about the new mechanics? What can we do to make your deck better? And we use it as teachable moments instead of putting each other down. Yeah,
2: I, I think the goal is we just want more people to play the game because we think the game's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And we want everybody having fun playing the game they, the way they want to play the game. So not everybody enjoys playing, you know, the top tier meta stuff. Some people want to play other things, and that's fine. And you got to be able to, like, nurture everyone that wants to play their style. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the the whole point of our community, which is what I like a lot about it. So. Like, everybody comes and has a good time, oh, win or yeah. lose. So. Absolutely. And,
0: you know, you know me, I'm tribal dragoons, and, you know, we've made a lot of work tuning it. But I like playing some of the other stuff. And, you know, honestly, I don't mind getting my butt kicked. You know, because there are times where, you know, Adam, your deck, or Chris, or Ron, or Colin, you know, any one of those guys, their, their decks will just lay a beat down on it. And um, now we had some spoilers over the last week. We've got some new mechanics coming in um with some of these new elements that they're introducing both to the card game as well as the rumored changes to the crystal cups that may now be rescinded and stuff um how do you guys see the viability of the game now with the all the changes they're trying to make to it compared to what magic has already done
3: well, well it, let's be honest if you're making a card game these days i feel like you know you you almost have to you know give credit where credit is due. Magic's been in the game for 30 years. They they they've had the chance to see what works, to see what doesn't work and turns out they still make things that don't work. But, you know, Final Fantasy does borrow pretty pretty liberally from Magic with even things like first strike, haste, just, you know, vigilance like and you know and t- uh, the way the turns flow, you know, a main one, a combat step, a second main phase afterwards, um, you know, they, they, they imitate this stuff or they emulate this stuff because it works. And I think if Final Fantasy can continue to, not, not, you know, they, what am I trying to say here? You know, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery that they say. But if they can continue to see what works but carve out their own niche, I, like they've been doing, I think they they have the potential to have a game that could stick around for thirty years as well.
1: Would you say that it's it's because that they're because you guys are so fresh and it's it's a new game that it's uh, it's kind of taking some of the basics from from Magic because some doing something like that is always a good starting point
3: mm-hmm.
1: for something fresh and new as yeah, as a starting point to further on and figure out its own kind of rules and, and moves. Exactly. I I think that's
3: 100%. Like they, you know, the, the, the the structure is in place. The framework is there. It's just a matter of how they build the rooms inside that structure. If that makes
1: sense. Right.
3: But I enjoy it. I've, I don't know. Like, I, I think the game's got legs and every set that comes out, I'm, more and more impressed by how fresh it feels. Mm-hmm. And one, one of the best things about this game, and this is what makes it, I think, very new player friendly is, you know, in magic, you know, a, a format bec- like standard modern legacy, you name it, it be- becomes solved within like the, the week the set comes out. People know what the top tier decks are. That's all they're going to play. Card prices spike. And it just stays that way for a while until maybe somebody comes through and innovates something new. But with this game, you could, like, you know, Matt says he plays tribal dragoons. He could show up to this petite cup with those dragoons that's been fine tuned and he could take top eight. Then all of a sudden his deck's going to be, you know, something that people are going to start emulating or they're going to start looking at it. And, they, you know, like, I there's so much that's viable in this game that if you, if you're a new player and you don't know where to start, you can almost start anywhere and feel just as home as somebody, you know, like there's a lot of people that have been playing since the very first set, like Adam, for instance, I didn't start playing until four sets in. And oh, wow. I immediately okay. felt like I was able to build a competitive deck and play at a competitive level without even like, I didn't know I, when I when I built my first competitive deck. I didn't know what ninety percent of the cards did, and that was at the uh, the ARG event down in Charlotte. I went X and two and finished. I I would have been in top eight had they not messed up the pairings in the first couple rounds. And like where in this game, you know, if you if you there's no draws. If you, if the game isn't determined, it's a double loss. Well, they, the software wasn't set up right, so there ended up being some ties, which bumped me down to ten which knocked me out of top eight for that event. So I'm still a little salty about that, but (laughs) Adam snuck in and was able to go ahead.
0: You talk about the, you know, the, the new players and stuff, the starter decks that they build. They're nuts, right? Are viable. I mean, you can, Mm -hmm. we've had people that have picked up a starter deck and just started playing with us and they're, they are competitive. Mm-hmm. and i think that's that what, what's what sets final fantasy apart from magic is because sometimes the <coughs> magic decks that they build for those starter decks are either a you know so bottom end of the curve in terms okay. of the meta or they put some ridiculous stuff together that's way overpowered
2: yeah i think i think when magic the. it comes from like they don't want to like hurt their secondary market and they so they don't print good stuff in a lot of those starter decks i mean correct me if i'm wrong chris but i think that's probably that's
3: 100 what it is
2: yeah whereas like final fantasy they've already set this precedent where like we're gonna put good cards in starter decks and we don't care Mm -hmm. Um, so and i think that's what helped
0: what's helped keep the prices down on the cards oh yeah i think what the most expensive card we have right now is what
2: 30 40 bucks uh yeah walls around like 45 but Yeah. yeah it's like and and you don't have to play a deck that has wall and and some stuff is spiking here and there and prices are gonna definitely go up this year because the game's getting more popular, uh, but yeah, even like, the, yeah, go ahead. For example,
3: me. the Opus Six Legendary Zedane, which Legendary is essentially the Mythic of this game. Somehow it's turned into a forty dollars card like almost overnight.
1: Yeah. Oh wow! So that's interesting. So you guys are in the forefront of starting to see what. Cards are becoming like ultra rare and like the mm-hmm. becoming the expensive yep. like like in in any other card deck. If you got like one of those highlighted um, holographic type yep. of cards, like Foils, back in the yeah. day, yeah. Foils. So you're you're seeing the forefront of that and like seeing yep. the birth. That's pretty cool. Yeah,
2: yeah when I when I first got into the game, the most expensive card in foil was twenty six dollars now now the most expensive card in foil not counting like promos and stuff is uh i think 65 dollars. Oh, so, wow. it, it, so it's mm-hmm. shot up a bit i mean and you, the foil is like an aesthetic thing like you don't need the foil and like no even if you don't want to play with these expensive cards you can make a competitive deck for pretty cheap like like match deck is probably not that expensive honestly
0: i actually had um lee asked me about that last night and how much my deck actually goes for and if you look on ff decks The low end cost on that is eight bucks, Mm -hmm. and the high end or the low end foiled is one hundred and sixteen.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just Um, went to we we just went to a tournament in North Carolina, and the deck that I brought, which I think is a highly competitive deck, the non-foil low of that, I think, is thirty dollars. Yeah. So, and I almost won that event. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: That's cool. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is you look at like the deck I play is. We've, we've been tuning it for quite a while now, ever since I said I want to go Dragoons um, and stay tribal with it. Um, but it, it can go toe-to-toe with a lot of these decks that are just super high card value, you mm-hmm. know, that they're using the genesis of the worlds, um, you know, that sort of thing. So um, I think that's what's appealing to the game, too, is that you don't have to spend money, really, It's true. to get value.
3: It's true. You can literally buy the Scion starter deck and like six singles and have a competitive deck that you could take to a tournament and do well with. All
0: right. So now, you know, we'd be remiss if, you know, with us here on Crashing Game Night to not talk about some stuff that's going on in the gaming world, which Uh the four of us on this podcast are uh, without a doubt Nintendo nerds. You know, we all you know, we we're all classically trained for that. And Nintendo dropped their Nintendo Direct today. Oh, uh, awesome. we got some we got some <laughs> juicy news out of it. And, you know, first we got Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. We're, we're seeing that summer twenty nineteen. Um, it is console exclusive to the Switch, which this is you know, I I like the idea, but I don't I also feel a little sad for playstation and xbox since they had marvel ultimate alliance one and two on those consoles they're not going to have it it's going to have local co-op but it's also going to have online co-op which i think that's a fantastic idea um to be able to team up with your buddies you know be able to play one of one of four characters and whatnot um you know we also got the announcement of Link's Awakening is being remade for the Switch.
3: Yes. My, my favorite Game Boy game. game of all time, by the way.
0: You know, I am a I, – I love Legend of Zelda. It is – that series, that franchise is right up there as one of my top five franchises along with the Metroid series, mm-hmm. which if rumors are true, we're getting Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Switch towards the holiday I- season um you know final fantasy of course um the uncharted series but um zelda is is one of my favorite
3: um yeah apparently final fantasy 9 popped up on the switch store today too so
0: that is uh you know i have i have seven the version that's going to be on the switch i already have that on my on my ps4 i've got which nine is m- already, which is my favorite which one seven yes well yeah and that's that's the one thing about the card game too jerry is that you can build a deck that is you know what we call the title format so it's all seven characters cloud Barrett, oh, cool. F, okay tifa, you know um i'm probably i'm thinking about toying around with a seven deck for title um adam's probably gonna put together a better deck <laughs> honestly just, just wait a um, set
2: you get new cards the next set so
0: yeah well you know that's what i'm saying i'm waiting on you know the new cloud the new tifa um you know both of those so um but for me you know i've already got my vita i've already got final fantasy 10 so i'm not going to be getting that on the on the switch um knowing you guys you guys are probably going to get 7 nine, yeah. 10 12 um yeah, I'll, I'll probably buy 7 for like the 30th time yeah i think <laughs> I, I have it on the ps you know i bought it on the ps1 you know had it through the shop, you know, the PlayStation Store on PS3. I've got, it, I bought it for my Vita, bought it for my PS4. Uh, I, was I just, still I was have my- coming up soon
3: too on the Switch, and I will be buying that for the fourth time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I still have my first physical copy from play- PS1 uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. I bought it once digitally for my PS3, and I refused to buy anything else Final Fantasy VII related because. If you guys remember years back when they first showed the uh, the remake trailer, Oh, you talking Seven. about the tech,
2: the tech demo, right? The tech yeah, demo, the tech, yeah.
1: I, I'm talking about possible like eight years ago, maybe yep. nine years ago. Yeah, it was the a tech demo for the PS3. I remember yeah. that. Yep. I'm pretty sure I had the same feelings you had. I was like, <laughs> awesome! I I can wait. I'm not going to buy anything else. I like whatever version they come out with. I'm buying two of. Cause I know like (laughs) I'm going to open it and then one, I'm going to like collect. And then 10 years later we see, we get another damn trailer where I just, you know, it just breaks my heart and I'm still waiting.
0: So I will say this, the FF seven that we got on the PS4 is a lot of fun because you get unlimited limit breaks.
1: (laughs) It is. Yeah. It's, but I I want the remake.
0: Oh, I think we all want the remake. And at this point we're probably not going to (laughs) see until next gen. I don't yeah, I, I'm thinking um, it's gonna be a PS five release. Yep, absolutely. So now one game that's on this list that I'm excited for, but not as much as Chris is, but we got Fire Emblem. We finally got the trailer for it. And I'm excited for it. Um, this first mainline release since the Wii for Fire Emblem, outside of the the DS and whatnot. So um Chris, what makes Fire Emblems that that console game for you? That tactical RPG?
3: Well, because it's about as close as I can get to Advance wars outside of uh Wargroove, mind you. But I've always just liked the the idea of like the permadeath on your characters. Um, typically I've liked the story. I'm a big high fantasy guy anyway. So when I see these, like just these fantasy stories of warring nations and knights and swords and dragons, I get I'm just all over it. And then the fact that it's set in a you know, a, you know it's a tactical RPG, man, sign me up. Say no more. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I like the combat system too. I mean, granted, it's based on the rock, paper, scissors, but yeah. they do a really good job of teaching you that. Mm-hmm. You know, sword, spear, axe, you know, all of that stuff. Um, now, you mentioned wargrove Both you and Adam are playing that. How how is that comparatively to advance wars and tactics and all that?
3: I'll let you take that one.
2: Um, I mean if if you're a fan of advanced wars, uh I highly recommend the game. It's basically like it's advanced wars, but you just take the tanks and the military units and you add in like swords and dragons. That's basically the best way I could put it. Um Mm -hmm. so you have like your commanding officer. And then you build units and you try to take cities and bases. And then your object is to either wipe out your enemy CO or take their base. Um, so it's like uh, it's it's like a it's like a military strategy game, right? Like it's it's not really like tactics where you have like a couple people and then like you have your party and then you're gonna go attack stuff. It's like you're you're trying to build like a military and then kind of push your way and annihilate your opponent, pretty much. And I I'm a sucker for tactical games and Advance Wars was like a huge part of like. Like I said, my high school and my college days, and so like seeing this finally come back is a big deal for me, and it's been really successful. I heard, I heard within the first three days they covered all their development costs, which is awesome. That's and, oh wow. So yeah, I'm that hoping that yeah, I'm hoping that it's going to get a physical release because I'm the type of guy that likes to have my hands on the game.
1: I yeah, those same way. Those Jerry. Yeah, I, a, I prefer to have I like to look at my little collection of the games that I I keep and that I know that I will not trade in. I am I am definitely a physical guy, too, man.
0: Yeah, well, well pretty. Big I physical prefer physical game. for single player stuff, you know, but any of that that multiplayer stuff that I know that, you know, our group, you know, my wife, Jerry, you know, Theo, you guys, if we're all going to be playing a game. I'll buy it digitally. Um, that way we can uh, get one copy for two systems.
2: Speaking uh, of multiplayer, the, the really sweet thing about Wargroove's multiplayer is it's asynchronous. So you could actually like start a game, like say me and Matt are playing, and mm-hmm. then I want to also play a game with Chris. I can take my turn in me and Matt's game, exit the game, go to me and Chris's game, take my turn, and then it's, it, it actually will notify you, like when say Matt takes his turn, it'll notify me that like, hey, it's your turn oh, to nice. go again, and you can go back into that game. And it also is cross-platform, so anybody that has a oh, wow. switch xbox or steam can play each other oh so that's it's, cool it's pretty sweet i mean granted it is like an indie game right so it's it's retro style kind of graphics but the art style is really sweet i think um and if you know if you don't need like high res graphics then it's and you're a fan of advance wars it's definitely a great game to be. and it's only 20 dollars.
3: yeah that, like, the price tag alone is worth the price of admission <laughs> oh very cool so i gotta ask you so
0: chris did you uh have you already ponied up the 21 bucks for uh, Final Fantasy
3: IX already on your Switch? Um, I will be once we finish this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just fired up to go look and see what the cost for Wargroove was, and there is Final Fantasy IX right there on the recent releases, mm-hmm. right there above uh, Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker, special episode.
3: And I'll, I'll, I'm going to be I'm going to be blunt. When it comes to like games to determine whether I want to buy it like digitally and have it portable, it, it it's how badly I wanna play it while I'm on the toilet. And <laughs> okay, Final Fantasy on. Nine We're not, is definitely stop. up there for a game that I wanna play on the toilet. But you also say Brave Exvius is that too. Oh it is, because I can just <laughs> poke, poke, poke. Press, I can press on the screen and then I can move on with the rest of my life. But like playing Final Fantasy on the toilet is like the equivalent of reading. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, actually, I really do get what you're saying. Yep. I totally get that. I'm glad I'm not alone in this world. You, play, your, yeah. play games on the toilet, man. It'll change your life. <laughs>
0: Um so now another game that you guys uh play quite a bit. Um you guys kinda it seems like you guys have kind of slowed down a little bit with it is uh, Smash Brothers. Um they kind of announced today the spring spring release is coming. Um Joker from Persona Five is gonna be uh, due out by the end of April. Um mm-hmm. you know they also uh Jerry, I, I hate to say this with your Toys to Life uh, addiction. There's five new
2: amiibos coming.
1: Yeah, um, I saw the, uh, the uh, uh, Solid Snake. I'm probably going to get that.
2: Yeah, the there was a Belmont, right? I think there's a Belmont yeah, one
1: too. Yeah, uh, Simon Belmont, uh, mm-hmm. Solid yeah, Snake. Belmont. Uh, you still have
3: to take my money.
0: Yep. And yeah. you got Ash, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. Oh, all,
1: uh, all coming with this round for the new figures. So, so now uh, you can have the, the Holy Trinity and Ash. My goodness. As Amiibos.
3: I'm I'm glad I was sitting down when you told me this stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I gotta say, you know, back to Final Fantasy IX. I'm just looking at the screenshots I put on it. They are, th- this is getting the uh, the nice HD one.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, yeah, maybe uh, might have to take my money on that one. Um, <laughs> you know, they really
1: they're 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 starting to look they're starting to look like they're getting more and more uh, higher quality in in paint and mm-hmm. and uh, sculpting. For these oh, Amiibos, yeah. I think they're. I think a lot of people were skeptical whether or not like Amiibo, like everything else, pretty much died. Like Skylanders went digital. I'm um, obviously yep. De- Disney Infinity, RIP, because I missed that.
3: Oh, um yes. oh, I still have my <laughs> Infinity figures on my computer desk. By the way,
1: I, I still have my entire my entire collection. Uh, oh, I refuse okay. to to yep. give it to anyone. But uh, a lot of people were skeptical whether or not Amiibos were going to work and. Nintendo just found a way, like they're, they're being a little bit more, uh, selective for their yeah. not, they're not doing a mass production like they first started, but, uh, I think it was the right move. Like for, for certain games, amiibos work. Like for me, the only amiibos I really have are the breath of the wild amiibos that work mm-hmm. with the game. And yep. I mean, that's all I've ever really, those are the only amiibos I ever really well, bought. Other than, like my favorite yeah, I have Samus in the the
0: suit. I've got the Fireball Mario, which has actually turned out to be a rare figure now. Um, any any really know. early Mario figure, now, like gold, silver, those are re- those are tough not, to find. Yep, not sure if uh, Chris and Adam picked him up, but I do have both variants of Cloud sitting on my desk.
3: Well, that's yeah. hot. Yeah, the only so one I have
0: I. is
2: Mega Man. I've actually never used the amiibo for like the purpose you're supposed to use them. I just like <laughs> just more like collecting. Yeah. So I, I have Mega Man, that's it.
0: Most of mine yeah, are for collecting purposes, but yeah, I've used them in game. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, have, have, I have I
3: have to amiibo, my my favorite character of all time, and that's Little Mac.
0: <laughs> nice.
3: What I makes, what makes the, Little uh, Mac your favorite character? Uh, Punch Out was my f- absolute favorite game growing up as a kid. It's still my favorite game of all time, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. And I don't know, like, I spent so many hours, and I mean so many hours as a kid playing that game. And I just, the older I got, I was just like, this is such a just a cleverly crafted game, and it just it just never lost its charm for me. And I just always thought Little Mac was just such a great. Yeah, you know, just such a great character. He's the underdog, you know, the little guy fighting against the heavyweights. You know, who doesn't who doesn't love an underdog story?
2: It's the best puzzle game disguised as a sports game.
1: Oh, 100 percent. That <laughs> yeah. is totally true. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I, would I, do, 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 have that. To, I do have to say the uh, going back to the Amiibos, uh, the Mega Man, the special edition Mega Man that comes with 11 is actually pretty sweet, too. Oh, I didn't get, get that
2: one. I, I did play Mega Man 11. And I actually really liked the game. I know some yeah. people had mixed feelings on it, but I liked it.
1: I liked it too. But the amiibo that came with the, uh, <laughs> the collectors, uh, is actually pretty sweet. If you ever get your oh. hands on it,
2: might have to try <laughs> to do that.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, I've never been
0: quite the huge Mega Man fan, but you know, uh, Mega Man 11 playing the demo E 3 I, I liked it. It, it brought it into the modern era, but it mm-hmm. still kept its roots with the nintendo so you know it was one of those ones if you weren't smart about things it was going to kick your butt
2: yeah I'm a, I'm a sucker for uh capcom and square stuff so oh yeah <laughs> well we're
0: all we're all suckers for uh, capcom right now with resident evil 2 yep.
2: yeah i mean that game i i could i don't want to go on a tangent because i could go on that game for a long time <laughs> about how amazing that game is mm-hmm
0: so yeah and it it's amazing how they the the new engine and how they applied it to resident evil um rumor going around right now is resident evil 3 is the next one on on the list for them to to do
2: i bet they're already started working on that i would bet money on it Mm
0: -hmm. so with smash brothers i mean how do you guys feel how is it compared to previous smash brothers
2: um so i'm not like huge into it competitively I, i did play melee for a little bit competitively i know chris played in a few brawl tournaments oh, yeah. um and then uh but those were like kind of the heyday for me like i i played for hours like we'd have friends over and then for smash 4 it just never really grabbed me i don't know why like i bought the game maybe it was because it was for wii u like i had a wii u and i just never really played it i don't i don't even think i beat like the story mode i never really unlocked all the people and i definitely didn't stick around long enough for the uh, dlc and then when this game came out, I was like, I'm not going to buy another Smash Brothers game. I can't do it like they're just not exciting for me anymore. And then they just kept putting characters in the game. And I was just like, <laughs> all right, I think I'm just going to buy this for the single player experience. And I bought it and uh, I had a ton of fun with it. And then, yeah, we get together and we play from time to time. It's not anything I take super seriously because I'm not that great at Smash Brothers. It's a lot different than like your typical fight. Like I'm a Street Fighter player and it's not the same at all. Um, but I do have a ton of fun playing it. The there's just so many characters from so many different games, and they all seem like they fit into the one game somehow. I don't know how Nintendo did that, but it's pretty amazing. Like even like the little intricate stuff. Like Mega Man has like his weapons, and like Ryu and Ken feel like they're Street Fighter characters. Like I don't know how they did that, but it's pretty amazing. Even like the Belmonts feel like they fit. Uh, that's who I play a lot. I play a lot of like uh, Richter, and Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's been definitely worth the money that I spent on it, and I'm going to probably buy all the DLC, and I'm interested to see, like, what they're going to be. Like, the fact that Joker's in the game, I have no idea what the other, like, four or five characters are going to be now, like...
3: Well, I know they've rumored the uh, the main character from Dragon Quest to be yep. the next one of the next DLC characters. I, yeah,
0: I that's a cross-collaboration between Square Enix and Nintendo um, mm-hmm. as kind of like an advertising employee for, for Dragon Quest. Uh, the Minecraft uh, – was it Steve <laughs> or whatever his name is from Minecraft? He's already been <laughs> announced for it. Um, the fifth final character that's been rumored, though, is uh, the Marine from Doom. Wow, really?
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. I would have, I would have um, probably assumed like somebody like Sora or something would make it in somehow. Just because he seems like he would fit.
0: Yeah. But, um, I think that's actually it, a great suggestion. That would be a really cool to see, though. I think what disappoints me most right now is that you look at all the ones that are rumored right now for the DLC characters. It's almost like they're advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from Piranha Plant, which just came out. But you look at um, Persona. You know, Joker from Persona, you know, that game's coming to the Switch. You've got Minecraft coming to the Switch. You've got Doom coming to the Switch. Um, Oh, yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, they know what they're doing, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, since you guys played somewhat on the competitive scene, um, how do you feel, like, when they ban moves? Because recently at one of the tournaments in Tennessee, they banned the Ice Climbers wobbling move.
2: Oh, was that? Like recently, or is that you talking about yeah, like may- melee? Uh, uh, this I didn't really even know in The
0: that. last uh, couple weeks that uh, they kind of joked around it, but then they actually legitly banned the ice climbers wobbling move. So, do you think banning moves in Smash tournaments is a good thing or a bad thing?
2: So, wobbling used to be banned a while back because it was a thing in melee. Uh, mm-hmm. And what wobbling is, if if you don't know, or if other people don't know. Uh, It's basically an infinite grab that a zero to death's your opponent. Like You you chain grab between one Ice Climber to the other Ice Climber, and then you end with a smash attack that kills them from zero to dead. Uh, So that really doesn't feel great, like if you're on the receiving end of that. Oh, wow. Uh, Because all you got to do is get hit one time, and if the person knows what they're doing, you're dead. Um, Not that that doesn't exist to an extent, because there are some stuff in this game where you can do that, but it takes they They kind of have to make different reads because of the way smash works. Like after you get hit, you can kind of like push your character in certain directions so that per- your opponent has to make a judgment call on like which way they think you're gonna move toward to keep comboing you, which is a lot different than a lot of other fighting games. Uh, but I didn't know they banned this. I didn't even know it was in the game, to be honest, but if it's just like it was in melee, I don't really blame them for banning it because mm-hmm. it's not fun to watch at all. And prior to that, like, this game is extremely balanced. Like if you watch tournaments, uh, you see a whole bunch of different characters winning tournaments and a whole bunch of different players, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty sweet. Considering awesome there's like seventy-five people in the game, seventy-five characters in the game.
1: That's awesome. That like I always like hearing about that, especially with these fighting those type of games, because you always hear about the more popular uh, character to be like nerfed and and uh, used every time. It gets boring to watch. Well, the weird thing is, like, most Smash Brothers games are s- crazy
2: unbalanced, actually. Like, usually it devolves into, like, five characters at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah,
1: I, re- I remember, like, the one popular character was Captain... Uh, Falcon. Falcon? Yeah, Falcon. yeah Falcon. Captain Falcon yeah. in Melee. Like, that was one of the characters you had to play with, or else you weren't going to win.
2: Yeah, in, in Melee, nowadays, it's, like, Fox. If you're not playing, like, one of the space animals, or... Um, else is really good uh chic is really good there's just not like in melee you're basically like even though the character select screen says there's like 24 characters it's really like five uh in a tournament and for the to see, to still see ultimate going strong where like you'll see like 40 50 different characters in a tournament and you have no idea what top is gonna look like it's pretty awesome to watch because everybody's representing their different characters which is pretty sweet
1: yeah that's awesome yeah
2: so one
0: thing we like to ask of our guests, and as we look to close things out tonight, I want to ask you guys each, what are your guys' favorite game to play when you have game nights with your family and friends?
3: You want to go first, Adam?
2: No, you got it. I have to think about it for a second.
3: Yeah, i actually, um, my, and we haven't done it in a while. We need to get back into it. Uh, I'm a big um, D&D and Shadowrun guy. Um, we have I have a group of you know friends that I DM for, and we just pretty much did like a, a year and a half D and D campaign, and now we took a, a hiatus because we moved to a new place and all that stuff. And um, once everybody settled in, some of the guys I play with him and his uh, fiance just bought a house, so once they're settled in, we're actually going to start a Shadow Run campaign. So that's the long winded answer to say that I love playing pencil and paper tabletop uh, games.
1: That's good, classic. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with classic.
3: You yeah. literally just tell a story, and you're creating a world for a bunch of idiots to play, in. it's fantastic.
0: <laughs> and you know, what? I I love it. Um, I've never played D anD D, um, but my friends and I we all played Deadlands. Yep. Um, which Deadlands is amazing, especially since it's an offshoot of Army of Darkness.
3: Mm hmm. That's oh good. wow.
0: Yeah. So the if you get the bootleg edition of Army of Darkness, there's a piece where uh, if you watch it, um, Ash goes back to the future and he ends up in this. You see him in this pipe and the technology's changed. It's not the time frame he knew. And it's because he left some of his stuff behind and they reverse engineered it.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I love that. It leads
0: into that piece. Plus, you know, you've got. Um, the the horsemen coming, you know, for the four horsemen of the apocalypse show up and everything, and you know you got radiation everywhere. The only way to cure radiation is drinking Dr Pepper. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, but it is a it's a whole it's a whole lot of fun. And you I know, absolutely love that. Um, my buddy, uh, my buddy Grant would um, write out all the all the stuff. He would actually even go as far as to create maps. So we put them up on the screen. You can see the map of the town you're looking at, where everything is. Um, yeah, and I'm sure, uh, Chris, as you being a, uh, the GM of the game, like to screw with people too.
3: Oh, absolutely. That is, that's the way to do it.
0: You give them that, vote of con- you know, that little slight hope of confidence that they're actually doing well, and then you just shut the door in their face.
3: Yeah, I like, I like to really build people up before I break them down. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's so funny. So, Adam, what do you? Uh, what's your favorite game on uh, game uh, night?
2: I mean, so like when my friends get together, we a lot of us play fighting games, and it's been that way for a long, long time. Like since I can remember. Like we still, even though we weren't that good back then, and now we're much better now. So, for me, like probably the most fun, like is, is like when a lot of my fighting game friends get together, we'll be play Street Fighter Two. And yeah, I still mean the oh, game that's old that came school. out like nineteen ninety two. Yeah. So that's yeah. School. I still will enter tournaments for that from time to time. Um, game's great, still great. It's like thirty years old now, so
0: <laughs> well, it's like for me, it's like Killer Instincts, like that for me. Going that's way fast. back, that's you know, you know, you know, you have fun with your friends when you know they ban you from using Orchid, <laughs> <laughs> unless the uh, computer randomly generates it for them. So you know, it's a lot of fun. A hey, game, you know. For me, I think uh, Mario Kart definitely has to be in there as far as game nights go, too.
3: That's fair, man. That's very fair. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, especially the one on the Switch, the improvements that they made for it over the one for the the Wii U, which most people skipped over because, you know, it was the Wii U. It was advertised as a Wii (laughs) with with accessories. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, um, you know, before we uh, bid everyone a... A good night here uh chris and adam why don't you uh tell all our listeners where they can find you guys online
2: i get, I'll, I'll take that i guess sure. uh, so, <laughs> so yeah if you're interested in final fantasy tcg uh i recommend that you join all the facebook groups to get like kind of acquainted with the community they're pretty open arms about stuff and if you're interested like in our content um we have a soundcloud we have a youtube we have a website so the the, the SoundCloud and the YouTube are both just slash RVA Returners. Um, the website is returnersfftcg.com. Uh, we post stuff weekly. Our podcast is every week, and then we usually we have like a, a video or an article or something every week as well as like tournament results and whatnot that we post too. And our Facebook page is pretty much daily posts.
1: Oh, so. uh-huh. nice.
0: All right. Well, I definitely want to thank you guys for for crashing game night with us, as well as all of our listeners. Uh, It's definitely been a lot of fun, especially, you know, the one liners from uh, the one. It's
3: like like a gift. It's like I can't turn it
0: off. (laughs) (laughs) It's never it's always a podcast, you know, for you got to wait for that one one moment where there is that one liner just comes out. It doesn't matter. It's true.
3: It's true. It's my mom's spaghetti moment. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so uh everybody uh if you like what you heard tonight you know please absolutely let us know make sure to leave those reviews on itunes it definitely helps out with the rankings on that um don't forget to follow us on soundcloud uh, google play spotify stitcher as well as itunes i want to say everyone be excellent to each other and stay frosty
1: thank we'll you all that. my fellow nerds